Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Happy winter. Yeah, it is winter. We're about to get slammed with a snowstorm as we're recording this. We are. We do record these. It's currently these. snowing outside. Yeah. I can't really see. <laughs> I hope we're not like snow. <laughs> uh, oh, man. It's, it's really, it's really coming down. <laughs> uh, yeah, we record these. You know, there's like we don't record them and then putting them up the next five minutes after we yeah. record them. So there's a little bit of a delay. And uh, Kentucky is getting its first snow of the season today. We're trying to crank out this episode, so Bro Talk might be a little short. Uh, because, yes, no apocalypse is coming to the bluegrass. To show you how to survive, we travel to avalanche country in the Canadian Rockies. What's your favorite snow activities, or what do your kids get into in the snow? Uh, I like drinking hot chocolate, staring at a fire, and being warm inside. Uh, and I'm sure your kids love not to a do kid that anymore. Too. Yeah, no, I'm a kid at heart. I like to go outside and play in the snow as long as it's not windy. Like, there's a big mm. difference between like it's cold. It's you know how like so it. It's cold, it snows and everything, and then the storm moves through, and you have that, like, calm weather. Yeah. That you yeah, go out yeah. and play, and it's cold but not cold, and you're, like, sweating underneath your winter clothes or your winter uh, jacket or whatever. Like, that's perfect. And even it can even be sunny outside sometimes. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's perfect. But while it's snowing or, like, if it, if it's the wind picks up after it snows and you go out and it's like 10 degrees and then the wind's blowing and all that, that's terrible. And that's yeah. – the kids don't care because kids don't have, like, an internal – temperature gauge no they're just like there's like oh snow go <laughs> yeah and so um no i like to go out and hang out in the snow with them for a while um but we don't have we live in kentucky so we don't have like loads of yeah winter snow fun stuff uh we don't own any sleds and we don't have like i don't know when i was growing up we had like the igloo block makers and oh. sleds and yeah i was telling you about those things. i was telling you before we got on here that my grandparents lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we would go up there every winter um, during, like, school winter break and stuff, and they would have, like, two feet of snow, just a given that they would have yeah. that every time, which, by the way... And it doesn't melt, I have ever. some pretty awesome news. I'm what? going back to Green Bay in a couple forever? of weeks. No. Okay. Not forever. Thank goodness. <laughs> My heart kind of dropped. Thank goodness. I don't, that is way too much snow. Um, but I'm going back in a couple of weeks to brave the cold and go to a, a Packer game in Lambeau Field for the playoffs. So that's like a couple that weeks. Should, that should probably, this should air or be really close to. Okay. So end of January, beginning of February. Yeah. In Green Bay. In Green Bay. It's going to be brutal. You couldn't like the like teams in Florida or something. No, I couldn't. Apparently, I just, you know, crazy cheesehead. Like, anyhow, well, we got a good question today. Yeah, and we don't want to get about, snowed in, so... Yeah, we're going to get to cut it. Cut off um, the talk. Yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, what, beginning of the year moves, mm-hmm. uh, how to plan for retirement savings, stuff like that. A couple good points. So, uh, I don't have the name in front of me. Your guess is as good as mine. You're supposed That's to be in charge of the name. Well, I pulled up the question <laughs> <laughs> for us to play in here on top of the email. Now I can't see the... Anyhow, we're going to let this one roll. Ready? DIY! Hi, DIY Money. My name is Chelsea. I'm 29 and for the most part have missed the window of investing in a Roth IRA account. This year, I opened a Roth IRA for the first time and was able to make a partial contribution. But next year, my income will require 
that I'm unable to contribute to a Roth IRA directly at all. So my question is, what recommendations do you have for people who are outside of the contribution limits for a Roth IRA and who are just getting started in investing? What are some tax favorable strategies for where I could go from here? I have a 401k, but that's the only other investment account I have at this time. And I'm just curious on exactly that kind of where to go from here now that I've missed the window for the Roth IRA. Thanks so much. Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea, come on. You're supposed to know that. Surprised you didn't know that. Yeah, I know. I'm off on that. But um, that's a great question. I think that she touches several different points. Um, but before we kind of dive into kind of where she can go, why is Chelsea potentially, you know, most likely, why is she fading out of a Roth? Why is she not able to contribute to a Roth anymore? Obviously, there's some limits on there. Yeah, so it means that she is doing uh, well on the income side in her professional career at, what, not 29? 29, yeah. Um, so that's excellent. Now we don't know like what area of the country she lives in or stuff like that. So, I mean, income is relative to cost of living, obviously. Uh, and the IRS doesn't actually factor that in when they come up with some of these limits for things like Roth IRAs and stuff like that. So, uh, that's the interesting thing to keep in mind is if you live in a, a high cost of living area, which then probably means you have a high salary, uh, you'll be uh, phased out of some of these things, including, you know, Roth IRAs. Um, deductible IRA contributions, child tax credits, um, things like that. So uh, always good to keep in mind and know what those limits are. So what Chelsea is talking about is the Roth um, IRA income contribution limit. There's actually a better, more precise name for it. Um, but that's basically the level at which you can no longer contribute to or uh, utilize our personal Roth IRA. So we're going to assume that Chelsea's signal single because she didn't say one way or the other. Uh, so for 2022, that single range, is, the phase out, so it actually phases out over like a amount of salary. The phase out range starts at $129,000 and then you totally can't use it uh, at $144,000 of income. Meaning the phase out, meaning you have $6,000 that you can contribute if you're under that limit completely. Mm-hmm. But as you hit that, you, you kind of can't down in contribute a ratio. as much. Like, yeah, it goes yeah. down slightly. And so what she's talking about is she was like in that range last year and that range was uh, it shifts from year to year, to year with um, uh, cost of living adjustments, basically, or inflation adjustments. Um, and so she was kind of in somewhere in that range, and then maybe she got a pay raise or bumped up position or something or bonuses or who knows, but she's doing well uh, in life, and she kind of bumped up out of that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, for married folks or uh, joint, yeah, married filing jointly returns, uh, that's a 204 to 214. 204000 to 214000 dollar range um, for 2022. So um, that's just important to keep in mind because once you earn a dollar above that range, you're totally phased out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's actually really good. It, it's a good kind of beginning of the year tax planning thing to keep in mind because if you kind of have a rough idea of your income, it's a pretty good idea to know whether or not you can contribute to some of these things such that you're not contributing all year long and having to kind of unwind these because you didn't quite think ahead. Um, so that's an overview of what it is. Yeah. Well, before we get, mm-hmm. so we can kind of make recommendations for Chelsea, but what can she do in order to get money into a Roth if you're over those contribution limits? 
Um, she has a 401k. That hopefully that 401k has a Roth option if she would like to utilize, uh, if she's really set on doing the Roth. If it does, then she can contribute up to the 401k employee maximum in 2022, which is $20,500, uh, $20, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's assume for a moment, and we don't know what Chelsea's income is. Let's assume that her income is just above the single limit, say 145000 Uh If she were to contribute the max on $145,000 of income, that is 14% contribution. Let me do that math one more time, just to make sure I didn't type in something. Yeah, 14% contribution, right? So that's a pretty substantial contribution of your income to your 401k. Now, even if she's, you know, I'm assuming that she just bumped slightly above the range, but maybe she changed jobs or did something. It's a, you know, uh, employers are really trying to get uh, hire people and stuff. For, but so maybe she made a ton. Even if she's making $200,000 this year, that's still mm-hmm. a 10% annual employer contribution into her 401k. Yeah. Add in, hopefully, that they have a match somewhere between 3 and 6%. And that would mean she's saving somewhere between you know, 10 and 17%, no, 10 and 20% for retirement, depending on how all that math works out. Uh, that's a pretty good chunk of change. So yeah. um, she's able to save a lot. Now, um, the flip side is if they don't have a Roth, if your employer didn't have a Roth, would you still save in your 401k in this instance? I would certainly save to the match. Mm-hmm. Now, it kind of depends on a couple of different things. So if they don't have the Roth, and I'm right on those limits. Mm-hmm. So I'm right at that. Maybe contributing to the traditional 401k will actually reduce my modified adjustable gross income to the point where I could then contribute to the Roth as well if I still had that leftover amount of margin there. So yeah. that's one option. So is, you're talking about the phase-out range, which is based on yeah. your AGI, which your traditional 401k contributions reduce your AGI, which means then that you could effectively be exactly back yourself into banging. Exactly. So it, it, if I'm right on that phase out area, I can I can contribute to the 401k, reduce the amount, and now I'm able to contribute mm-hmm. to a Roth. That's one option. So if she's making 145,000, which is $1,000 above the range, she could contribute her 401k max to the traditional, mm-hmm. which would bring her AGI barring all the other things that she might be doing in her financial life. But uh figuratively speaking in this example, it bring her AGI down to 125, which would then allow her to do the Roth personal Roth IRA max because she'd now be under the phase out range. Exactly. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> so that that would be one option. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if I always recommend to young people, to anybody I talk to, that get the match. If you have a match option available, mm-hmm. even if you can't do Roth, make sure that you, you get the match option. Um, for me, what I'm doing right now, we do have a Roth IRA option. So I do 10% of my income into the Roth IRA or into the Roth 401k, sorry. Um, but if it was a traditional, I would probably still do a decent amount into there. Say that is my kind of savings retirement bucket that I'm putting in there. Um, I'm not currently in the stage where we're going to go in e- even deeper into kind of a backdoor Roth option. I'm not currently in the stage to do that necessarily. Um, but I would contribute probably to the 401k and then utilize a taxable savings account on top of for for additional savings. Ooh, I, like I like it. So you mentioned backdoor Roth, mm-hmm. which is another option uh, for high income earners currently. 
and that method is contributing non-deductible contributions to an IRA and then converting those into a Roth IRA. You've already paid the taxes on them, so there's no taxes on the conversion. Um, so it's basically a way to utilize an, a Roth IRA when you're above the Roth IRA limits. Now, keeping in mind that any conversions you do from IRAs to Roth IRAs are pro rata of both your non-deductible contributions and your deductible contributions. If you convert deductible contributions, you've never paid tax on those before, so therefore you'd have to pay taxes on it. What that means is if somebody has $99,000 in deductible contributions that they've put in uh, to their IRA, and then they put $1,000 of um, a non-deductible contribution in hoping to convert that $1,000 to a Roth IRA, 99% of that is going to be you're going to owe taxes on mm-hmm. it. And the only 1% of that is going to be that non-deductible contribution. So that was kind of quick. Um, but that is a potential method uh, that people can use. I will say keep a close eye on the legislation going through Congress right now because uh, one of the hot-button topics is the backdoor Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of the things that they're looking about potentially phasing out in that uh, build, build, Mer- back better. build Back Better plan. And so... Just keeping the eye on that, because if that were to roll down, um, that could potentially eliminate that strategy. So don't take this to the bank if you're listening to this podcast in the future and any of that legislation has passed. Right. The other thing I would look at, and again, we don't know if Chelsea is uh, single or married, but if you're starting to get above the Roth contribution thresholds, then you also might start getting into higher tax brackets. And therefore, you may want to do the deductible contributions at work rather than the Roth uh, right. contributions because you need to look at your uh, income tax right now plus your state tax rate. Uh, a lot of states don't tax or tax less retirement income distributions in the future. Um, so consider that. Or you might move in retirement to a no state tax state. So you may actually benefit from getting a deduction across the board on those now. Uh, but I like what you said. Uh, it's what we do in our family uh, once we kind of max out those retirement accounts, we save in uh, taxable accounts. Mm-hmm. They may not seem as tax efficient except for the fact that you pay taxes on dividends and interest when they're distributed. You don't have control on that. But then when you sell something, and you do have control over that, so you can very easily buy things that have little to no distributions and then choose when you sell them in the future. And if you're treating it like a retirement account, you buy, hold, and yep. Uh, don't worry about it on a day-to-day basis, and hopefully you're not having to sell it. Yeah, and there's strategies along the way that we're not going to get into today. You can listen to them on some of the other episodes that we have, but there's strategies for taxable accounts to save on taxes as well, whether it's charitably giving or different things along those lines. So being able to utilize a taxable account is is good as well. Don't be afraid to utilize that account because it's basically a savings account that you can invest in and then you be you will be charged taxes on those other things. But it doesn't all have to go to retirement. Not every bit of your saving has to go to retirement buckets. Correct. I mean, yeah, it doesn't hurt to have some of it in non-retirement investment accounts that you mentally have flagged it as retirement so you're not going to touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't get the immediate tax benefit. So consider how that works in your overall financial plan. But may work just as well in the long run. Mm-hmm. So uh, just consider that. Well, Chelsea, kind of let us know. Send us an email. We actually got a great email update from someone the other day um, that basically told us 
how it's going after we answer their question. Loved it. And it was awesome. So we would love to hear from you, Chelsea. We'd love to hear from the folks out there that have, we've answered their questions. Let us know how you're doing, how it's working out for you, and, and kind of what options you chose. All right, Daniel, close us out. Secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest where you can for your tax bracket and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.